In today's Shia Tanya, for the 20th of Odor Aleph, the Alter Rebbe continues the Cheshb Hanefesh that a person has to make in order to attain the level of Hevesh Val Ruach Bifnei Kol HaOdom. In response to Timtum Halev, the Alter Rebbe first says in the earlier Pedic that a person has to deflate the arrogance of the Yitzhahara, of the animal soul of the Yitzhahara, in order to break that arrogance. And that's a response to the Timtum Halev as an emergency measure. In other words, normally, a person should be besimcha and should serve God with joy and not make these kinds of critical, heart-breaking nefesh. But in response to Timtum Halev, in order to get out of the complacency that the animal soul has gotten him into, he has to deflate or break the animal soul. Now, in Pedic Lamed, the Rebbe is speaking about another response, a continued response to Timtum Halev, but it seems to be more of a, of a preventative measure. In order to avoid Timtum Halev, a person should make the Cheshbon of Hevesh Val Ruach Kol Ha'adam. Because this Mishnah that says that you should be humble and feel inferior to every person is is not is not said only in response to Timtum Halev, but that this is the way a person should always be. And what the, the relationship to Timtum Halev is that if a person feels and recognizes the Cheshbon that leads to Havesh Val Ruach then he avoids Timtum Halev, he prevents it. Because Timtum Halev means smugness, complacency, a feeling of accomplishment, I'm good enough, and the Cheshbon that al is telling us to make here in Tadek Lamed is that accomplishment doesn't prove anything, it doesn't mean anything. It's the effort and the struggle, how much you go out of your way. The degree of bittel that puts aside your will in favor of God's will. And therefore, he has to make this cheshm, since the lowest of the low, who finds himself in a very ungodly place, both physically and spiritually. Physically, he's in an ungodly place. He's out in the streets, making a living. And spiritually, he's in an ungodly place. He happens to have an aggressive Yetzirah, passionate Yetzirah. And we're not supposed to judge this person. We're not supposed to judge a person until we've been in his place. Firstly, because we don't know how we would behave if we were in his place. We don't know if we would struggle and put in the amount of effort necessary to overcome that kind of a Yetzirah and those kinds of circumstances. So how can we judge and be critical of another person when we don't know that whether we ourselves would be any better? And that's, that's the first part of the Cheshmer, that we're not in a position to judge because we don't know. Secondly, not only is there a doubt whether we would put in the effort, but every person can make a Cheshmer and find that when it comes to doing mitzvahs, where there's a need for effort, he'll find that he doesn't put in the effort. In other words, where he has to put aside his nature, his, his tendencies, his habits, his will, he doesn't do it. The fact that he learns and he davens, this comes without effort. This is the, the condition that he was given. Just like, just like the person 
out on the streets. This is his place. It's not, it's not his fault. This is the condition he's given to work with. The person who sits in yeshiva all day was also given that condition. That's not to his credit. But when it comes to areas in mitzvahs where he has to put in an effort, like to daven with kavana every day, twice a day, and to, to give tzedakah more than, more than is natural, more than his nature allows, and to learn a lot more than his habit permits, here he would have to put in a great effort, equal to the effort that would be demanded, that would be necessary of the person out in the streets in order to overcome his Yetzirah. And yet the person finds, the Benini finds, that he doesn't put in that effort. So it's not only a question of how would he behave. If he had that kind of struggle to fight, we see that he, we see already how he behaves. He doesn't make the effort. And when it comes to not making the effort, meaning that there is a lack of bittle, just as the person out in the street doesn't put aside what he wants, what his Yetzirah demands, he doesn't put it aside in favor of what God wants. The same is true with the person who doesn't daven the way he's supposed to and doesn't learn more than his nature, a lot more. What he's, he's not responding to God properly with the proper bittle and therefore, he's not doing what God wants, he's doing what he wants. And that lack of bittel earns the person out in the street the title Rasha. Because he doesn't overcome his Yetzirah, he's called a Rasha. Not by us, we're not in a position to judge him. But the truth is that by Torah standards, he is called a Rasha because he should have overcome his Yetzirah, regardless of his circumstances. So if he is called a Rasha, because of his lack of bittle, then in principle, the Benini, who doesn't learn more than his nature and doesn't daven with Kavana the way he's supposed to, is in the same position, in the same lack of bittle. And therefore, it's not only a question of how would he behave if he were in his place, but we see already that he doesn't put in the effort and doesn't go out of his way like the lowest of the low who sins, who gives in to his Yetzirah. Until now, the Alta Rebbe describes it in the, in, the, in the terms of positive mitzvahs, where the Benini fails to do positive mitzvahs. What's even more, in today's Shia, on page 400, the Alta Rebbe says, And even in the category of avoiding sin, of not sinning, Every person with a little intelligence can find within himself that he doesn't avoid sin completely either. Not only doesn't he do the mitzvahs, the positive mitzvahs, in the proper way, with the proper effort, and here the Al-Tarebbe had to explain that doing a mitzvah and not sinning are equal. That, which means that if, if you fail to fulfill a positive mitzvah, in principle, it's the same as violating a commandment. Because a person can't argue that I don't do any sins. True, I don't go out of my way to do mitzvahs properly, but at least I don't do any sins. Whereas the other person is the lowest of the low and inferior to me because he sins. So al Rebbe says there is no difference. In principle, there is no difference. Either you're doing what Eivishter wants or you're not doing it. And Eivishter wants you to do the mitzvah and he wants you to do it with kavan and you're not doing it. So in terms of the Ratzon Hashem, Either way, is this, they're both the same. 
that not doing a mitzvah properly is the same as doing an Aveda. Now the Alter Rebbe says, even in not doing an Aveda directly, he can find where he fails. For example, in those areas where in order not to do the Aveda, not to sin, he would have to put in a great battle, like the battle of the guy out in the street, or even less than that. Even a lesser battle he fails to make. As for example, to stop himself in the middle of pleasant story or relating a tale that makes the other person look bad, which is not literally Lashon Hara, but it borders on Lashon Hara. And even if it's a very slight uh, embarrassment to his friend, and even though it, what he's saying is true, it's not slander. And even if he's saying it in order to exonerate himself, all of these three things would would technically mean that it is not Lashon Hara. And still, it is something to be avoided. As we know from the story in the Gemara, where Rabbi Shimon said to his father, Abeinu HaKadosh came into the house and found a, a, a written work, some papers written on a, on a certain halacha, an analysis of a halacha, and he found that it was incorrect. And he assumed that his son, Shimon, had written it. So when he corrected his son and said, this is not correct, what you wrote, so his son, Reb Shimon, said, I didn't write it, Yehuda the tailor wrote it. The Omar Loi, so his father said to him, Klach me Loshen Hara. Avoid Loshen Hara. Ayin Shem Begimara, Reish Perekir, Debavibasa. What do we see from this? First of all, the insult was very slight. How much of an insult is it that the Yehuda, Hanossi, the author of the Mishnah, found something wrong in the writings of a tailor? Yehuda the tailor wrote a, an analysis of a halacha, and a Yehuda Hanasi found something wrong with it. It's not a great insult. It's not a great embarrassment. Secondly, it was true. Yehuda the tailor did write it. And number three, Reb Shimon said this not in order to embarrass the tailor. He said it in order to clear himself. And yet, his father said to him, Loshon he could have simply said, I didn't write it. And the same is true with many things that are very frequent, that occur very frequently, that are very common. And particularly in avoiding that which is permissible. Which is also a commandment of Torah. As it says, you shall be holy, and you shall make yourself holy. And also, the rabbinic prohibitions, which are in, in some way more stringent, stricter than Torah prohibitions. In all of these areas, there are things that, a, that the average person does not avoid properly, and does not stay away from properly, 
אלו שכל אלו כיצר בהן הן מאבינו שהאדם דש בעקבות. These are the kinds of things that a person tramples on because they're so, they're so unnoticeable. And so because they're unnoticeable, it would take a special effort, a special attention that the person would have to pay to these kinds of things in order to avoid them properly. And that's, that's where the Bain and he finds that he fails. He doesn't make that kind of effort and in his carelessness, he tramples on these kinds of, of violations, on these kinds of sins without even noticing. The gam, and another reason that these things are committed by a Benani, who is absolutely clean of sin in the literal sense, of actual sin, and yet here he is careless about these things. So the first reason is because they're so unnoticeable. And secondly, they have become almost permissible. He considers it permissible because he's so habituated, he's done them and committed them so many times that he no longer considers it a sin. In other words, he doesn't feel the violation. The first thing is that he doesn't notice what he's doing. The second is, even if he notices what he's doing, he doesn't sense, he doesn't feel the violation because he's so accustomed to it. And so in this area, the Bainani would have to make a great effort to overcome the habits and to overcome the carelessness and so on. And yet, he doesn't make that effort which puts him, in principle, in the same place as the lowest of the low and the sinner out in the streets. So what the al is basically saying is that when the Mishnah says, that you should feel inferior to before every person, it's not... The Mishnah isn't, isn't talking about the virtues of humility. The Mishnah isn't saying acquire the virtue of humility by feeling humble and inferior to every person. According to where the al explains it, this has nothing to do with humility. Humility means that you assume the lesser of two possibilities for yourself. If there are two possibilities, one is more complementary than the other, Humility would dictate that you assume the less complementary. Here we're not talking about assuming anything. Here the al is explaining the not as an, as an expression of humility, but simply as an analysis of fact. That the fact is that a person who has accomplished more and has more to show for his, for his, F, for his, for his life isn't necessarily any better than the person who has less to show. Because the way we judge, and the way we should judge, is by effort and bittle. The question is not how much you learn, how much you daven. The question is how much bittle, how much putting aside of your own will, how much going out of yourself because of the Ebeshter have you, have you committed yourself to and have you, and have you acquired. How much bittle, not how much accomplishment. And when we judge on that basis, which is the true basis for judgment, then the truth is that we're not better. It's not that we have two possibilities and we have to assume the less complementary one. The truth is that we are the same, the Bainani is the same as the, as the lowest of the low, in terms of his bitl. Tomorrow she is, the Rebbe takes it even a step further. 
the fact that he is a scholar, the fact that he is closer to Torah and closer to Yiddishkeit and closer to the Eid and so on, makes his carelessness and his lack of effort an even greater sin than the sins of the lowest of the low. There are times when, when a person writes to the Chassid, writes to the Rebbe about a certain issue, what he should do, whether he, whether he should do, and so on. And the Rebbe answers that seeing how he was successful and how he accomplished and how he has talents, that he should use those talents and be encouraged by his accomplishments and do more and accomplish more and so on. The Chassid might ask himself, that's all very nice and all very good, but why isn't the Rebbe simply telling me what to do, right or wrong? Why doesn't the Rebbe simply say to me, this is the right thing to do, so do it. And what you, you, what you suggest to do is wrong, and therefore you shouldn't do it. Why does the Rebbe have to talk about success and accomplishments and talents and abilities and other such things? Because to the Chassid, right and wrong is the ultimate value. Accomplishment, achievement, success, abilities and talents, these are all human considerations. On a much lower level than right and wrong, what does the Ebishta want, what does the Ebishta not want? So to, to the Chassid, when the Rebbe says, do such and such because you were successful and because you have talents and so on, instead of saying do such and such because it needs to be done, it's what the Ebishta wants, is an, might be seen by the Chassid as an indication that he is not yet on that level where the Rebbe can speak to him right or wrong. And the Rebbe has to speak to him on a level of human ability and human uh, achievement and so on. And this is what the Alter Rebbe is saying here in Tanya, that if we judge by human accomplishments, then we're not judging by the ultimate value, by the true value. The true value is the Ebishter's will. Are you responding to the Ebishter's will or does your will overcome that and block that? And you do what you feel more comfortable with or what you want to do rather than what the Ebishta wants. And even if it's in a very subtle area, a person is lacking nothing. He's a Bainani who never sins. Sin is out of the question. He sits and learns and he davens. But he won't make that effort. Then he is in the same boat in principle. He is in the same place as the lowest of the low. And he is failing just as the lowest of the low is failing. And that's the true cheshbon, not a cheshbon of humility. In today's Hayyem Yem, for the 20th of Adar, the Rebbe writes, Nisht Aveda is, as Aveda zol zayn be'emes. The Aveda, the effort that a person has to make in serving God sincerely, is not that his service should be sincere, that his davening should be sincere, his mitzvah should be sincere. The Aveda is, nor emes alein is an Aveda. It's not to be sincere, to be true in your service, but that being true is the service, is the Aveda. Adinegos einen emes. A person becomes true, not he does with truth, not he does what he does sincerely, but that he himself is sincerity. He becomes emes. Was in the spell. Why are you so excited about this idea? Why are you surprised? 
Midas Ha'emes Ra'a, it says by Meisha Rabbeinu, he saw the attribute of truth, and the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Kufir Aleph, Ahmed Aleph explains that Venof Al-Alponov, it says Meisha saw and he fell on his face. What did he see? So the Gemara says he saw Emes. So the response to Emes is not excitement or surprise. The response to Emes is Venof Al-Alponov, that he falls on his face a complete bitl.